0: So we've we've been arrested in recent weeks by some verses out of James chapter 1 in the King James Version, verse 22, "...but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is." We're in James 1 a lot, but frankly, I'm hardly ever in James 1 in the King James Version. And verses 23 and 24 just arrested me about a month back in the King James Version. Forgetteth what manner of man he is. Now, we have lived so long in the realm of the census that it is difficult for many of us to realize what we are in Christ. Sunday, I was talking about, it wasn't in the notes, I just went down a road talking about Revelation knowledge and sense knowledge. Everything you know in your brain, you learn through five senses. What you can see, taste, touch, hear, or smell. That is the only way your brain is designed to process information. But your brain is not all there is. There is a spirit man. Say it out loud. Man is a spirit. spirit. He He has a soul and he lives in a body. Now, this generation thinks man is the body. That's why they're all into all the sex and all the perversion and all of that. It's just about sex and pleasure and all that. Man is not a body. Man lives in a body. Man is a spirit. And we've been dealing with this in a cursory manner periodically on Wednesday nights that when you are born, he's telling me to back up. In, In the Garden of Eden, God said to Adam and Eve, in the day that thou eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. When they disobeyed the one command God gave them and they partook of the forbidden fruit, they didn't die. So did God lie or did a part of them die besides the body? Well, it was. It was the spirit, the candle of the Lord, the inner man inside of them that died. Now listen, this explains a whole lot about this evil culture out here. The unsaved man has a semblance, a fragmentary part of that unregenerate spirit man in him. It's called human conscience. But it'll fail man because it's not redeemed. It's not recreated. Only when someone becomes a born-again Christian does God breathe into that human being the breath of life and makes that dead spirit alive again, alive unto God. But if you're 30 years old or 40 years old or 50 years old, when you get saved, that recreated spirit man is not 30 or 40 or 60. It's five minutes old. So you've got to do something with that recreated spirit man. And if you don't, it won't grow. It'll be, it will remain immature. It's like going to the gym. You go to the gym, they call it... uh, just flew out of my head. When you lift weights, uh, you know, you get stronger. In the same way, every time you take action on the written word of God, and every time you take an action on a rhema Christos, in other words, a word from the Lord that is truly from the Lord, not based on you overeating or something, how do we know the difference? We take everything we hear from God in prayer, or if we're in a service, somebody has some word from the Lord, we take it to the written word of God. If it doesn't line up with the written word of God, throw it out and forget about it. If it lines up with the written word of God, well, there is one more caveat. if Do not let people prophesy a word into your life that you have not heard from God first. God does not use people to give you words from the Lord like this, but he, he will use people to confirm... Something that the Lord's been dealing with you about anyway. Then when you take action on the written word of God. Or you take action on something that Lord, the Lord tells you to do in prayer. You build up that spirit man. And here's the reason this is important. It's critical. In these days. We cannot afford to just walk by sight. Now, I don't mean to be weird or spooky cause I, and I'm not a spiritual person, I'm not. But the other night, I get in bed and uh, we'd had, you know, people and I get in bed, the alarm's on and the Lord said, check the doors. So I get up, I turn the alarm off because I sure don't set, want to set the alarm off by accident, you know, mess with the door. I found three doors unlocked. That's the leading of the Lord. Now, somebody could say, well, your mind told you to do that. Well, how did my mind know that there were doors unlocked? Now, that's just a small thing. It's just a small thing. But I, I've lived my life this way. And and he he leads us into the green pastures. He leads us into the still waters. And the problem is we live in this world. And, and there's a battle all the time between the mind and the Spirit man, and God wants to help us. Isaiah one nineteen, I think Living Bible says, "If you would only obey, if you would only let me help you, I will make you rich." He wants to lead us into the green pastures. He wants to lead us beside the still waters, but he he can't do it if we're as stubborn as Missouri mules, and if we have not lifted a finger to train this part of us. There are people here tonight. I look around the room. <laughs> You know there are people here tonight. You know there's a guy here tonight with two purple hearts. Guy here tonight with a black belt and whatever. You know there's there's people and they they have they have paid attention to the body. Well, in the same way you pay attention to the body, maybe you ought to pay attention to the spirit. See, that's why Paul says bodily exercise profits a little. It does. Tell your neighbor. Maybe you ought to go over that verse when you get home. Amen. Uh, It profits a little. Now, that's not all we're walking by because in the same way I can exercise my body. Well, I can exercise. I'll tell you what he's telling me right now. You can exercise your soul. You don't have to tell everybody what you're thinking every, every five minutes. So you exercise. You know what you exercise? Constraint. So maybe not talk to the little lady just the way you've been talking to her. See, in other words, exercise on the soul, mind, will, and emotions on the mind. What are you looking at? It always cracks me up when, you know, you see these people in movies and uh, Sue read an article said that, you know, for a typical shot, they spend three hours on a woman. Uh, and then you you see some picture about this, the same woman, you know, getting a Starbucks in Hollywood or whatever. And you think, oh, my gosh, you know, what an ugly, dumpy, frumpy, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, so if you don't discipline your mind. You can think. Your wife's not so great looking, but she nobody spent. She didn't have a team spending three hours on her before you looked at her. Tell your neighbor, get your mind right. <laughs> Tell the neighbor on the other side, get your mind right. <laughs> and in the same way, we have to exercise our body and maybe exercise some constraint on the mind, the will, and emotions. Well, we got to, we got to do something with this spirit man. I asked the Lord about it years ago. I said, how did I do this? I said, I didn't get re- revelation on Romans 12, 1 and 2 until later in life. He said, yeah, he said, you might not have gotten revelation on Romans 12, 1 and 2 until later in life. But he said, you got revelation out of, on the book of Joshua early. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. And he told me that's the Old Testament version of Romans 12, 1 and 2. In other words, see, everybody wants all these great results. That's what this Wednesday night series is about faith and prayer. How many of you want your prayers answered? Let me see your hand. Do you want your prayers answered? Well, you know, like Kenneth Hagin used to say, it's not going to fall, fall on you like ripe apples falling off a tree when you walk under. You're, you might have to do something. You might have to, the Bible talks about applying your heart to wisdom. We have lived so long in the realm of the senses, it's difficult for many of us to realize what we are in Christ. We've lived so long in a country where pastors seek to be famous. Instead of faithfully teaching and preaching the word of God, it's difficult for most of the body of Christ to even know what they are in Christ. They have no idea what they are in Christ. That's why when people walk in here, you know, if you you go to a church and it's Cap'n Crunch and Pablum and, uh, you know, all of that, and then you walk into any church where they're actually teaching and preaching the word of God, of course it's going to hit you upside the head. It's like reading cartoons. And then somebody hands you war and peace. You know what I'm saying? In other words, it's just, you know, you're just gobsmacked. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, because you're just not used to that level of intellect. We are in the situation we're in because of the way we respond to... The stimuli around us. When you fill up for gas, you know, do you complain about the price? These are little things. But if we know who we are in Christ, what's coming out of our mouth 24-7 is that we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. And it doesn't matter what the price is because the money's coming. Amen. Amen. Without meaning to, without choosing to, we can unconsciously lapse into the old life, seeing ourselves as we were and not as we are. And let me tell you what, this happens under stress. Ephesians 1, 7 9 is simply not a workable reality for many in the body of Christ today. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Say it out loud. With all wisdom wisdom. and with all understanding. understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ. I I, I want to give you the short version. The night Austin was born, I don't remember how long Sue was in labor. It was ridiculous. And, uh, you know, the doctor was a great guy. He was trying to work with Sue. You know, she'd had, you know, visions and dreams of the way it was supposed to happen. You know, women are romantics, and uh, it just wasn't happening the way that she had seen it happening. And uh, he is working with her a fetal monitor on Austin, all of this. But then there came a point where the monitor showed that that Austin was in distress in the womb, and uh, he says something to a nurse. She hits the red button on the wall, so they have to do an emergency cesarean and uh, they can do that pretty quick. That was a great doctor. and But the problem was he had been in distress before he was born, and then he's born. He wasn't breathing. A nice nurse came. I must not have looked so hot, came, took me by the arm, led me down the hall, sat me down on a you know cheap vinyl sofa. I prayed a simple prayer, and then I heard a baby crying. Well, later in the room, Sue is still out, and a pediatrician comes by. He's got a chart. He says this baby was without oxygen for so many minutes. He said this, this child is going to be, you know, he went through all of the symptoms. And he said, he said, you are going to have to look for a place to warehouse this child. Now, Sue didn't even know that story until years later when I used it as a sermon illustration when we were pioneering this church in the hotel. We go to lunch. She said, you never told me that story. I said, well, it wasn't worth repeating. Right. Then with the, the first grandbaby, pediatrician says she's got some kind of whatever. She's got to have a thing put on her head, screws put in her head, all of this. I, I was not very spiritual. You have to understand, I'm a first-generation Christian. I'm just not hardwired to be Genteel, I'm from Detroit and they they bring me this information I said hell no no that's my spiritual answer <laughs> and uh and so then they they go to another pediatrician well long story short we took her to a they took her to a gal that had been the partner of Austin and Christina's pediatrician Harvard graph you know and they're so careful not to criticize each other but come to find out it's just a racket to pay you know the this this first doctor had a new second home or yacht or whatever you know it's got to be paid for all stuff's got to be paid for and so then through the grapevine we find out that every kid she's seeing has this syndrome so being led by the Spirit of God has served me well. And being no man's sucker. We were sitting in a car dealership out here in West Fort Worth one day and, uh, you know, we're we're like minutes away from signing the papers and the Holy Spirit said, leave, leave now. Okay. They were horrified. I don't know what would have happened. Now, I try not to be weird about it. I didn't say, thus saith the Lord. You know, I just said, you know, we're going to do something else, bye. But it has served me well. We would not have harvested the gas off of this land. Got a cut of all the gas crossing our dirt. Got a cut of all the gas crossing the dirt across the road without the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm sitting there and an attorney's telling me thus and so, and I looked at his sleeves and I looked at his shoes. I said, no, fire him. We're going to get another attorney. Found out later that all these guys, a man in the church who was in that business told me that all of these, there's only two kinds of attorneys, oil and gas attorneys, oil and gas attorneys who work for big oil, or oil and gas attorneys who want to work for big oil. Right. So he said, you got to ask the question, wh- whose interests are they really concerned about? I'm here to tell you tonight to brag on my God that the leading of the Holy Spirit of God has served me well all of these years. Amen. 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 But it doesn't just happen. As you take action on the written word of God and as you take action on a word from the Lord that lines up with the written word of God, every time you do that, you get stronger. And this is how Sue and I, I know the last two Sundays I've read some big numbers and they, they might flabbergast you, but let me tell you what, they flabbergast me. I can't believe what the Lord has done, but he's done it. I can I'm telling you, I can't believe what the Lord's done, but He's done it. And the way He did it in our lives was by following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when the Lord speaks to you to give something, there's a battle. There's a battle between the natural mind and the spirit man. And you're not going to get, a, my point is, you're not going to get a, a miracle by following the mind. Miracles happen by following the leading of the Holy Spirit. This is all through the Bible. I don't have time to go through it. You know, the, the man of God says to the king of Syria, go dip, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Well, he was offended. See, his mind was reacting, he stormed off. But then the servant said, Well, if, if he asked you to, to do some hard task, you would do it. This is simple. And so he went. He he did. He went and did. He went and did. Amen. It's everywhere in the Bible. We did a whole series on it a few years ago. He went and did, and he was healed of his leprosy. You see the same thing in Second Kings seventeen. The the widow. She went and did. Amen. Bring me pe- please a piece of bread. She went and did. So it it it's like. Uh, they call it resistance training, just came back to me. You know, lifting weights, resistance training, you get stronger. Same thing with following the leading of the Holy Spirit, even in small things. Asking somebody's forgiveness, but do that in person. Don't document your sin. don't type out all your crimes and email it. following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now this scripture, I'm talking about, what am I talking about? All wisdom, say it out loud, all wisdom wisdom. and and all understanding. This is not natural. All wisdom and all understanding is not natural. It's something beyond natural. This scripture is almost an unknown quantity today in the church world. Note the first sentence, in him, that is in Christ we have redemption. From Satan's dominion, from Satan's authority, and from the curses of the law, we have past tense, we have dominion. We know from Colossians 13 that he has, he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, translated past tense, translated us. So Jesus is our new Lord. He is our territory caretaker the guarantor of our ability to reign over the forces that once dominated us now this world out here is dark but let me tell you what it's going to get darker and I don't have I don't have the Lord's calendar I'm not so special the Lord gave me his calendar I don't know where we are on the timeline but I know this man's not getting better man's getting more wicked the world's not getting lighter the world's getting darker So we better wake up and learn how to walk by the word and walk by the spirit and not get caught short by the world. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, for he has rescued us, past tense, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Rescued us, past tense. We have a present tense. See, if all that happened in the past tense, that means we have a present tense fact, redemption from fear and the cause of fear. And we are now not only delivered, but we have become masters where we were once held in bondage. Ephesians 2.5, Father God made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. That's that born again experience, the quickening of the spirit man to make the, dead, the, 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 the spirit man that was dead alive in Christ. It is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show The incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. The incomparable riches of His grace for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. That's why we don't have to fear phase two. That's why we don't have to fear the money. That's why we don't have to be afraid of anything, because he has prepared these works for us in advance. Amen. Whatever we are facing in life, he's been there Amen. ahead of us in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So there has been a remission of all of our past trespasses, and that remission has been according to the incomparable riches of his grace. We're not counting on something we did. We're counting on something he did. This is an unfathomable, Unfathomable expression of love. Who knows what the incomparable riches of His grace means to us? And He made this abound toward us in all wisdom, all wisdom, all understanding, for Christ has been made wisdom unto us. And we're going to need more wisdom as the days go by until we get to the coming of the Lord. Look, once we hear the trumpet blast, and the Lord utter those three words, come up hither. All of this is somebody else's problem. But until then, we have to cope. We're in the world. We're not of the world. But we, listen, there are people here tonight. And I just said, we are, we, are, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. But there are people here tonight, and you are absolutely of the world. You're acting like worldly people. This is why God's people are defeated. Act one way on Sunday, act one way on Wednesday night, and then act completely different when church is not going on. You're not going to get a good result that way. Come out from among them and be a separate. This is what's gone wrong with the church. These pastors, they want to be famous. They want to hang out with famous people. They want to go to the bars with famous people. They want to go to the clubs with famous people. They want to pretend they're celebrities. There's nowhere in the word of God, 66 books, where any man of God's aspiration was to be a celebrity. People are going to fool around with it until the rapture of the church, and then they're going to be holding the bag with the Antichrist. And let me tell you, what is the rapture of the church? Until, until the removal of he who restraineth. What does that mean? You can't take the Holy Spirit anywhere. David said that if he made his bed in hell, God would be with him there. God is everywhere. You can't take God somewhere. He's talking about the church. As messed up as it is, there are millions and millions and millions and millions of genuine born-again Christians in the United States of America, and they're praying. You take them out. We have not even begun to understand how dark and evil and wicked this world can get. Let me tell you what, the safest place to be is all in. The safest place to be is to be in the cusp of his hands. The safest place to be, I mean, I know you may think I'm fundraising, but I'm telling you, the (laughs) safest place to be is a tither and be walking in the blessing of the Lord and to have the protection of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now we don't set our brain on a shelf. And so we we have a security system at home. We use it. You know, we've had security systems in the last three houses. We you know, we, we just we use it. So we don't just stick our brain on a shelf, we pay attention. But there's no point in setting your alarm at night, and you don't know where your children are. People are careless. We're talking about wisdom and understanding tonight. Now, we have the wisdom to face life's problems with prudence. And this wisdom and prudence and ability of God is His will toward us. He wants us to have wisdom. He wants us to have understanding. When we first hear of these things, our mind rebels. Our time spent in unbelieving churches causes us to rebel at the good news. But if we spend enough time in a church like Faith Christian Center and if we read the word and if we meditate on the word and if we hear the word faithfully preached over time, eventually we see it. We have what the world calls a light bulb moment and the Pauline revelation becomes clear to us. We are what God says we are. We're not what the world says we are. We're what what God says we are. We're not what Satan says we are. We're what what God says we are. We're not what relatives say we are. The only unsaved relative I've ever had that was honest was Sue's dad. He told us once, this was 30 years ago up at I 30, he told us once after church on a Sunday morning, he said, I do not understand what you teach, but he said, I see with my eyes that it works. At least he was honest. You know, my mother-in-law's coming to visit. She thinks I'm a total genius. She was telling one of her nieces, her niece was telling her about going on vacation somewhere, and she said, oh, man, you, you, need, to, you need to talk to your Uncle Gene. He's a genius. You know, before all this happened, he got rid of his condo weeks, you know, outside the United States of America. You know, he, he saw this coming. I didn't see it coming. I just followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, the Bible says if you see danger coming, the wise man, when he sees danger coming, he takes refuge. We come to see that we are not servants like the children of God were in the Old Testament. We come to see that in the New Testament, because of the finished work of Christ, we have become the sons of God. And as sons, we have all the rights and privileges of sons. Too many times when it comes to the blessings of God, people will miss it and say, well, that was just for the Jews, or that was just for Israel. Israel were servants of God. Leviticus 25, 42, because the Israelites are my servants whom I brought out of Egypt, they must not be sold as slaves. Leviticus 25, 55, for the Israelites belong to me as servants. They are my servants whom I brought out up out of Egypt I am the Lord your God but in the New Testament we find out that we are not the servants of God we have been made the sons of God in Christ first John 3 1 and 2 behold what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God that means sons and daughters of God therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not beloved now when when Not later on, not later on, not after the rapture. Now we are the sons of God. Say it out loud. Now we are the sons of God. God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. See, we're talking about, what we're talking about is this verse that has arrested us in recent weeks, that this man who is not a doer of the word of God, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. A lot of those men, You know, we we did two series that changed the culture of this church. Destined for Success, 2001, I think it was. Men of Destiny, 2004. And uh, I've been teaching the same thing all along, but apparently they didn't hear me. And a lot of the men that helped us make the jump from I-30 here They faltered along the way. Some of them, at least two of them, well, at least two of them that I know of went to prison. You cannot forget what manner of man you are. See, the man who does not, the man who is not a doer of the word of God, he may try and keep up with his brothers. But if he's not pleasing God, if he's not walking by faith, (coughs) he may try and, take what the world calls shortcuts to keep up with his brothers. But in doing that, they forget what manner of man they are. See, first of all, you're supposed to be a Christian. So you can't lie, cheat, steal. It's just horrifying the things that have gone on this week. Uh, There was a pastor, and and he stood up and admitted an affair 20 years ago and uh, asked their forgiveness, and the crowd erupted in applause. And then then the victim got up with her husband and said that she was 16 when that happened. But just like Pavlov's dogs, you know, just like trained monkeys, just, you know, mass formation psycho- psychosis stupidity you know a guy stands up and and admits that he had an affair for nine years 20 years back and they erupt in applause what the hell is wrong with people i said what the hell is wrong with people well can't can't the lord forgive well Call me old-fashioned, but, you know, I think out of the whole county, I I could probably think that I could believe God and find a church that had a pastor where the guy didn't commit adultery. And you're looking at one. That's just just too old-timey. So you want to go and sit under someone who admits they have forgotten what manner of man they are. Well, how are they going to help you? I said, how are they going to help you? I don't know about you, but I wanted to connect to men that were ahead of me. Not men that were inferior to me. Men that were ahead of me. Men that could show me the way. This is the way, walk ye in it. Does that mean they're perfect? No. It means they're actually living the life though. Just amazes me. Oh, but that's not forgiveness. Look, I need forgiveness as much as anybody here tonight. But you could follow me around, man. The, the NSA could put a bug in every car. I bet they do already. And, uh, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not listening to somebody that just got out of jail. I'm not listening to somebody that, that had to have his, you know, four wives forgive him. I'm not listening to somebody that uh, did his children wrong. No, I'm listening to fathers in the faith. Because I'm trying to get somewhere in my own life. Are you hearing me? I'm trying to get somewhere in my own life. And Jesus, Jesus taught us to inspect their fruit. You should know this because of what we're doing on Sunday mornings, man. When I walked out of the back door... I was four or five years old. We moved from East Grand Avenue in Highland Park, Michigan when I was five years old. So I would have had to been four or five. I walk out the back door. There were two trees in the backyard, big ones. There were other trees, but there were two big ones. Right out the back door, go down the steps, wood steps. There's a tree on the right, tree on the left, big trees. I don't remember which was which, but I know this. One was an apple tree and one was a plum tree. So how could I, at age four or five, know that that tree is an apple tree, and this tree over here is a plum tree. How could I know that at age four or five? By the fruit. Oh, you think I was like a horticulturalist and I could evaluate the shape of the leaves and the bark on the tree and all that? No, 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 man. This is, this tree's got apples hanging from it. It's an apple tree. So you unmarried women, you go out on a date, and some, you know some guy drives angry, you know, and doesn't leave a tip and his idea of a date is to take you to the gas station to get a hot dog, uh, that's fruit. And you got to ask yourself, do you want to live with that 30, 40, 50 years? Or how about a guy who can't hold a job down? One of the greatest gifts God gave you was the ability to choose. But when you have sex with people outside of marriage, you gave up your right to choose. You get all emotionally involved. and spirits get communicated. We know this from the writings of the Apostle Paul. Spirits get communicated through sex. You you give up your right to choose. All things being equal, right? A young gal ought to pick a young man that's polite and doesn't have a temper and makes and can and makes money and holds a job down, right? But you you just go down here, you know, at the mall, find somebody start hanging out with them, have sex with them. You gave up your right to choose. Now you're stuck. You're emotionally entwined. You didn't choose. You didn't choose. Next to what you will do with Jesus, the biggest decision of your life is who you're going to connect to in life, in marriage. And people give that up. The second biggest decision of their life, they just give it up. For what? A pipe dream. Emotionalism. See, they forget what manner of man they are. They forget what manner of woman they are. You know, there are advantages to having the gray hair. Man, I've seen it. I've seen it. I had a woman work for me, and she was a problem. And she just sassed me and gave me all kinds of heck, and I'd complain to Sue about her. We had a set of operating procedures we worked back worked by back then and I'd, I'd complain to Sue about this woman. You know, Sue just didn't want to hear it. You know, it's like a pet. But I'll tell you what, and I had a witness in my office. That lady got upset with me and man, she shook her backside at me walking out of that office and I had a witness. In the- Once I told Pastor Sue that I had an employee shake her backside at me, man, Sue came alive. Man, she, she, <laughs> she, man, she come down to the office. Man, she's involved, she's engaged. Now, now we, we, we set those operating procedures aside. We're in agreement when we hire, but we don't have to be in agreement when we fire. But you go by the fruit. I saw something with my eyeballs and I had an eyewitness, thank God. That is not church office behavior. We get rid of that. And that's part of protecting y'all. That's part of protecting these children here. And you have to protect yourself. And you've got to protect your children. And you've got to protect your... Look, the government's not going to do it. They let a half a million illegal immigrants across that border in the last 10 weeks. They don't care about you. They don't care whether you live or die. They don't, they don't care whether you're safe in your home at night. They don't care about you. You have got to take care of yourself. And in the same way you have to guard yourself physically, you have to guard yourself spiritually. You've got to guard yourself emotionally. You don't get into conversations on the job with the opposite sex about stuff you have no business talking about on the job. You're opening a door. I'm talking about wisdom. I'm talking about understanding. I'm going to give you a little preview of that Father's Day Guys Night Out. Man, you need to get a ticket. I'm telling you what, you've never heard Pastor Gene off the rails like you are going to hear in Father's Day Guys Night Out 2022. Most divorces are filed by women, and most of those divorces cite a lack of financial support. The Bible says that if you do not provide for your family, you have denied the faith and you are worse than an infidel. In other words, you're a sinner. You're worse than a sinner. See how they just love that? Amen! (laughs) Glory! This country is exalting all the wrong things. They're exalting, you know, rappers. They're exalting celebrities. They're exalting people like... Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, they're exalting all the wrong things. Let me tell you what, you know who I respect? The guy that gets up and goes to a job he hates every day because he's gonna work and make the money to put food on the table for his wife and his children and he's gonna gonna provide a a roof over their head and he's gonna provide for his family. I respect that. I don't respect one of these celebs. We have everything backwards. We were honoring the wrong things in these United States. Once I found out that Donald Trump had sex with Stormy Daniels while Melania was pregnant, that was it. I don't, I didn't care who said what. I didn't care how many of my preacher friends were for, I mean, they're still kissing his backside and worshiping him. What kind of a man? I'm preaching tonight about wisdom and understanding. What kind of a man is married to a chick like that? And while she's pregnant, has sex with some total absolute scum bag like Stormy Daniels? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to wake up. They need to sober up. They need to understand that the time is short and it's time to stop playing all these celebrity games. Amen. That's right. Amen. Preach. Amen. And we need, to, we need to live for God and we need to go to a church where they're preaching righteousness Amen. and right living. Now, is he better than the alternative? Yeah, by 13 light years. But that doesn't mean I need to bow down and worship him and repeat all of his nonsense. Oh, my gosh, and what a mess. That these are our choices. You know, the Stormy Daniel guy or the Easter Bunny policed guy. It's it's insane, $40 billion and both Texas senators voted $40 billion for a money laundering scheme in Ukraine, for $40 billion they could have built that wall on the south border three times and put security in every public school in America for five or ten years. There is a, there is an insanity that has taken a hold of the culture. There is an insanity that has taken a hold of the country. There is an insanity that has taken a hold of the world. And a lot of it is because God's people don't know who they are and preachers want to be celebrities and they're not even preaching the Bible anymore because they want to be famous, because they want to throw shots back with a celebrity. They want to hang out with celebrities. Beloved, now we are the sons and daughters of God. Say it out loud. Now Now. we are are. the sons and daughters of God. We had a pastor tell us, told us to our face, in our presence. That when he would he, he and his wife, a minister, when he and his wife would go to the White House, he noticed how the president would study his wife and study her backside. But he laughed, said, I don't care. I get to go. This is not going to work for Dr. Jean. I am going to be in big trouble with the Secret Service. (laughs) And where are all the feminists? That, uh, you know, I'm going to let somebody ogle my wife so I can have a free lunch. What's wrong with people? I said, what's wrong with people? Don't they know who they are? That we are the sons and daughters of God. We are ambassadors for Christ. We walk the earth as the sons and daughters of God. We represent Almighty God. We are to do the works of Jesus. We are to do the works of the apostles and the prophets in the book of Acts. We're not to go looking for a free lunch and a photo op. So we are his sons and sons mean sons and daughters. So we must act the part of a son. That's what I wanted to get to. You're not going to be a son if you don't act the part of a son. We must take the place of a son. We must do the work of a son. And to take our place as the sons and daughters of God, we will need prudence. We will need wisdom. We will need the ability to face every contingency. But all these works have already been done for us by the Lord Jesus Christ. This is something that we possess now in Christ. Not something we're trying to get. We don't even have to believe God for it. We have no need of faith to obtain it. Prayer is not necessary for it is ours. Let me tell you what. The bomb is action. Doing the word of God. Being a doer of the word of God. It just solves all kinds of problems. Because when you just believe the word of God. And you act like it's so. And and you talk like it's so. And you take action on the word of God. All these problems dissipate. I'm so reluctant to tell stories. Because of all the judging. You know, a couple of years back, Sue had something. She just had trouble shaking it. Just, this is pre-COVID. Just had trouble shaking it. Just had trouble shaking it. And so I got up. You know, she sits in my office a lot. I get up from my desk. I got my bomber jacket. I laid it on top of her. I said, I pray in this most mornings. I said, just while you're sitting there, have this on you. I said, by the time you get up, you'll be healed. Amen. We forget who we are. Oh, that's too much. Well, wait a minute. I'm not his favorite. I'm, I mean, I'm just a son of God. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Why don't, we, why don't we rise up and act like we are the children of the king? We are the sons and daughters of God. Amen. We're not struggling. We're not, Amen. we're not hoping. We're not trying. We're not trying to get there. Amen. You see that in the book of Acts? Paul prayed over handkerchiefs and sent them out. They laid laid the sick out on the road side so that Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. What does that mean? They had their faith on it. Like the woman with the issue of blood. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. So you... But we've got people, they want to come up. That's why we're reluctant to lay hands on them. They want to come up and tell you all their troubles. That's not how you get healed. You say to yourself, when he lays hands on me, I'll be healed. When he lays hands on me, this problem will be gone. When he lays hands on me, I will be made whole. In other words, you get your faith antenna up. You get your expector turned on. Amen. You, don't, you don't rehearse your troubles. But we're hardwired because of Oprah and Jerry Springer and all of that to tell everybody, you know, how nuts we are and all of our trouble and all of our problems and all of our nonsense. The closer we get to the end, the less I want to hear about pop psychology and the more I want to walk in the power of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't need any that's what facebook is you tell me your troubles and i'll tell you mine i don't i don't have any troubles See, that right there is offensive. I don't have any troubles. I don't have any troubles. I don't have a crazy wife. I don't have any bills to be paid. I don't have any, you know, debt that I'm worried about. Hallelujah. If the money, if, if we receive the offering here in a minute and 13 cents comes in, doesn't matter to me. Hallelujah. We got no bills. Hallelujah. We got no debt. Hallelujah. We got millions set aside. Hallelujah. I don't have any trouble. 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 Hallelujah. Why? Because I've been a doer of the Word of God and I've been taking action on the Word of God. And let me tell you this, Almighty God is a truth-telling God and if you'll believe it and you'll act like it and you'll talk like it so, then the Word of God will be manifest in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout it out loud, I can, do all I can do all things. Shout it like you believe it, I can do all things. Do all things. Through, Christ, Through Christ who gives me the strength. And we're not trying this. We're not trying this. We're doing this. Amen. And let me tell you what, the only association we need is the association with the people of God and the association with the Holy Spirit of God, and the only judgment we care about is what we hear at the judgment seat of Christ. That's what I'm living for. That's what I'm living for, to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You can give me a one-star Google review. You can slam me online. Man, you can write an article about me and trash me, but it won't matter because this earth is going to be burned up. This earth is going to be remodeled. All those satellites out there are going to come down, and the earth is going to be remodeled hallelujah and the only thing that is going to stand is what God has said